0: Study, And I believe our last last week we uh, finished with verse 13, so we'll start in verse 14 tonight and we'll conclude the study of Jude. Uh, We just asked, as as did, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, any comments that you have, if there's a a Bible study, a book of the Bible, maybe that you are really interested in studying, or uh, maybe it's a topic uh Send me a comment uh, because i 'd love to uh, love to do those studies if there 's something on 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 your heart your mind, and so just let me know send me a comment uh, message me, and uh definitely we 'll we'll get around to that uh so we 're going to pray and then we 're just going to jump right into Jude, most gracious heavenly Father, we thank for the opportunity to study your word, uh, Lord, your word is sufficient uh, your word is a firm foundation for us to stand on so tonight we pray that as we take, uh, Lord, just a few moments to glance at your word, to, um, to see what it is that Jude would, would say to us, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and our minds. Because ultimately that's what we need. We, we need to hear directly from your spirit, uh, from you. And so we pray tonight that as we open your word, that we would experience you and not simply hear about you. Until so we ask this in the precious, the holy, beautiful, and the powerful name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. Amen. Uh, so last week, we, we began looking at Jude. And one of the things Jude does is, uh, Jude's writing to the church, to the Christian church, and he's saying, You need to be aware. You need to constantly be alert to what's going on because there are those who would uh, sneak in unknowingly. And pervert the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, That seems pretty obvious to me today. As I look around at the various uh, platforms people use. And and, um, especially in America. We we see this in um, prosperity gospel. um, Where the prosperity gospel just is not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and so we have to be alert and be careful. Because... um, we desperately want to hear from God. So, I, you know, I've never really spoken to anyone who may be um, watching or listening to someone who's not preaching the the true um, undefiled gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who intentionally is doing that. And so we have to be really careful, as Jude warns, or we can kind of get called up and um, A message we want to hear a message that sounds good to us uh, opposed to just the good news of Jesus Christ and so I, I wish that I could say that if you were a Christian that you'll never get sick I can't say that and the Lord Jesus Christ never said that but what I can tell you is that if you get sick and you are a Christian that Jesus Christ is with you the spirit of God is is there to to be sufficient for you during that time um, I wish I could say that if you were a believer and a Christian that that you would never lose a job or um, you would never have financial troubles. But but the truth of the matter is uh, that in the world we live that's full of sin, you can lose your job. You can fall into financial difficulties, uh, Christians. And so I, I can't make those promises. Again, what I can promise you is what Jesus Christ promised, and that is, that he would never leave us, that he would never forsake us, that nothing would ever separate us from his love, and so Judas telling us, "Be careful when when people can sneak in unnoticed with a different message, and, and to anybody who would would declare to you that um, that that you can simply um, be healed of everything and have everything you want from a worldly standpoint." It's just not the gospel it it sounds good it, it it's uh boy, I'd love for it to be true. I would love for it to be in the Gospel and in the Word of God, but unfortunately, that's just not the case. you know the Lord Jesus told us that he didn't even have a place to lay his head, he didn't have a home um and so if we follow him and we are less than our master, then we're not always going to have everything we want. And so uh, those who followed the Lord Jesus Christ, the disciples, I miss all of them, were martyred for their faith. I mean, they were killed for being Christians. They were imprisoned for being Christians. And so I don't want to be a, be too negative here, but, but the gospel message spread through that oppression and through those uh, tribulations difficulties. And now we live in a country where there's absolutely nothing stopping us from worshiping. Um, I'm not culturally. Our country's in a place it's never been before, um, and uh, boy, we see our country redefining everything from marriage to um, uh, to other cultural significant things that the church may disagree with. But we still live in a country where we have the freedom to gather together and to worship, and um, and so in a country where we have all these freedoms, we have to be careful that we don't allow the culture of America to come into the gospel. But we have to read the gospels um, as they're presented to us. We have to read the New Testament epistles and the pastoral epistles of Paul. And we have to take note that, boy, Paul's writing a lot of these things from prison. Jude here is writing a letter to the church and saying, church, be aware of false teachers. And so I I just kind of wanted to remind you of where we were at last um, I guess this past Sunday night. And so, um, so yeah, be careful. There are those who will come into the church and unnoticed and begin to teach a false gospel. Um, and so that's where kind of we left Jude. And so we're going to look at starting at verse 14. And then we're just going to kind of read through. Uh, verse 14 talks about Enoch. Now, you remember, Enoch is uh, the great-grandfather of Noah. Um, Enoch's son, Methuselah, uh, the oldest man to ever live, and after Methuselah, um, Lamech, who was Noah's father, and then Noah. And so the Bible says that you know Enoch, um, after uh, Methuselah was born, then Enoch began to walk with God. Um, we know that Enoch preached judgment, that God was sending judgment on, on the world if the world did not turn back to him in repentance. Uh, we know that um, Methuselah, it, the name itself, can, can kind of refer to the judgment of that God is going to pour out on the world. Um, and then we know that the, the year that Methuselah dies is the, the same time frame that the flood uh, in Genesis takes place. And so uh, he's going to talk a little about Enoch. um, And then, um, so let's just start there, verse 14, and work our way through. And then I want to pull it all together and just kind of give you a couple outlines uh, that that really, I think, clarify the book of Jude. So, verse 14 says, um, It was also about these that Enoch. Now, I guess I need to um, back up just a little bit so that. You can, these that Enoch's talking about so that you can understand. If you remember, it talks about those angels who left their abode. um, Jude does. So there's there's this group of angels in Genesis 6. um, And at least the majority of people, I think, would understand the sons of God to be angels. Um, And... They come to earth. They leave their abode where they're the heavenly realm, where they're supposed to be, the spiritual realm, realm where they should be, and they come to the daughters of men, and uh, they they create a demonic race, uh, the Nephilim, uh, which is when God about has his, uh, is is you know, at his limit of the sinfulness in the world, and then we see the flood take place, and so uh, so Jude has mentioned that he's mentioned. Um, these angels who left their boat, or those who left their boat, who have been in eternal chains uh, since that time. And now, as he talks about Enoch, he said it was about them. Um, that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all of the ungodly. So to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness. Now what, what's going to happen now is, so, so Enoch preached judgment. Uh, Enoch's a wonderful um, a character in scripture. When I say character, I, I'm not saying he's not a real person. He is. I believe Enoch was a real um, man who walked with God, who, who lived as righteous as he could. Uh, Enoch doesn't die. So Enoch's really the first um, person in scripture that doesn't die that it just says Enoch was and then he wasn't and so he was with God and so um, Enoch we see kind of spread throughout the gospel or at least uh, not the gospel the entire scriptures a reference to Enoch and when we reference Enoch it's typically scriptures either referencing that Enoch preached judgment or the righteousness and faith of Enoch or the fact that Enoch walked with God and did not see death, that that God took him. So Enoch was and then was not. But, but what Enoch did was preach that judgment was coming to the ungodly. Now in his day, we see that judgment poured out in the form of the flood uh, of Genesis. Um, Jude's writing after the fact, right? Jude's writing in the New Testament time somewhere around 65 to 80 years uh, AD and so he's writing to the church and so his warning to the church is remember that in the Old Testament Enoch prophesied God would send judgment on the ungodly for their ungodliness and what Enoch is going to uh, or what Jude is going to do now is he's going to give us a list of the ungodliness of men a description of ungodly sinners and and so If we live this way, we we must be careful because judgment will come. And so therefore repentance is needed. And so what Enoch was really doing was trying to preach repentance. That God longs to take those who are walking outside of his will to bring them into his will through repentance. And so we have to look at our own lives, our own deeds, and our own hearts. and, And we have to recognize that we're sinful we, we have to ask God for forgiveness for those sins. And repentance means that we're asking God to turn our life around so that we no longer walk in the way of sin. And so repentance is critical, one, to, to salvation. When we first get saved, uh, when God saves us, then it, he saves us when we come with a repentant heart, when we see our sinfulness and want to turn away from our sinfulness it's God who gives us the ability it's God who changes our hearts and gives us a new heart and makes us a a new creation and so what Enoch is preaching in the Old Testament and what Jude reminds us of in the New Testament is that God desires to take the ungodly through repentance to bring them back into right relationship with him And, and so really preaching judgment and preaching repentance is a merciful thing. It demonstrates God's desire to see man turn away from his wickedness and turn back to God and God's righteousness. And, and so at times I think we, we hear these descriptions of what the unrighteous look like, what the ungodly look like, what God is going to judge. And we have a, uh, sometimes, if we don't hear it in love, then we have this uh, perspective that It's just kind of like a killjoy, like, well, God doesn't want us to do anything. And you've missed the whole whole point. One, God desires for you to have um, the life he created for you, which is the most fulfilling life on this side of eternity, when you are in the will of God, doing the work of God. And so when you're outside of the will of God and you're doing your own thing, then you can't experience the life God has planned for you. And so God, in his mercy, um, has those who come along to preach repentance and judgment, right? If you don't repent, then judgment's coming. But if you would just repent of your sins, then God's waiting with open arms to take you, you know, into his bosom to, to, to bring you close to where he is to, for you to experience his love and to know his way and to be in his will. And so um, when you see judgment being preached in scripture, it's it's always God's mercy. It's God saying, I, I, my desire is not to pour wrath out on you. My desire is to see you turn from your wicked ways, your ungodliness to godliness, so that I might be able to walk in fellowship with you. Now Enoch um, preached against ungodliness. Jude is reminding us of But now what Jude does is he begins to list what the ungodliness is. And so he gives us a description of ungodly sinners. And so I'm still in verse 15. Um, So God's going to judge the ungodly because of their deeds of ungodliness. Um, And verse 15 continues that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him kind of lists for us um, the characteristics of the ungodly. And, uh, and so it can be very convicting when we have such strong language that Jude uses here about the ungodliness uh, of man, the ungodly sinners uh, living in an ungodly way. I mean, this is really strong language. And it can be kind of convicting because when we see a list of what those uh, attributes are that are classified this way, What we typically find is, wow, we're guilty of some of these things. And the point of Jude listing these is to tell us, um, you know, um, through conviction, repent, turn back to God, confess your sins, and God's faithful and willing to forgive you of your sins. And so verse 16 is is really um, just a list of uh, characteristics of the ungodly. Uh, 16 says, um, these are grumblers, malcontents, following their own evil desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. And, and so Jude says, listen, within the church, these are ungodly deeds done by ungodly sinners. And this, this is his list again. So, so don't grumble. So, if you're really going to, if you're in the church and you want to be about the work of God and the will of God and the way of God, then we have to work together. We have to come together and work together without grumbling. All right. Our our desire is to do the will of God. And so, if we all come together unified with the desire to do the will of God and we ask God to reveal his will to us, um, then we should all be working toward a common goal. So ultimately, we know the Great Commission is a command of God. This is why He desires in the church. So God wants us to take the gospel to the very ends of the earth. We don't have to grumble or complain about that. We don't have to wonder about that. God's already declared this is the church's mission to take the gospel to the ends of the earth uh, and to baptize those who confess their sins, repent, and ask Jesus into their heart. So we know that is, is the will of God for the church. We also know the The great commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we don't have to wonder about that. That's a command God's already given to the church. So those are things we need to be doing. Uh, But what we do sometimes in the church is we become grumblers. And Jude says, be careful, church. Watch out because people will come in unknowingly. And begin to pervert the message. Now Jude's saying, church, not only should you be careful about who comes in and the message, um, but you've got to watch out that we don't fall into the habit of ungodliness. And one attribute of ungodliness is to grumble about everything, to complain about everything. He says grumblers and malcontents. So those people who are are not content with anything um i I know that none of our churches have folks that that aren't content, but undoubtedly Jude's writing to a church, and some of the Christians uh just could not be satisfied. they were malcontent uh, never content um and so always stirring stuff up and so according to jude if if we have that type of a of a spirit a spirit of grumbling, a spirit of complaining. A spirit where we're never satisfied, a spirit where we're never happy with with anything. Um, then, then Jude says, "Watch out, because that can harm the church. Uh, that can really um, grieve the spirit of God." And so, as the church, we got to be aware of those who are uh, in the church and what they're teaching. We also have to be aware of our own actions and to uh, to make sure um, that we're not grumbling, complaining. Uh, almost impossible to satisfy, never content. And so, um, so yeah, we see these things, and these things are like a mirror for us to look into. So we, we, we literally just kind of take the Word of God, and we look into it, and it shows us a clear reflection of who we are, our actions, and our attitudes. And so when I look into the Word of God, you look into the Word of God, um, then either you see that you're walking the way you should or you see clearly a reflection of who you are that's not godly. That, And so we all fall into, um, we're prone to fall into the habit of grumbling and complaining and being impossible to satisfy. He goes on and he says, uh, another example, right, is those who follow their own sinful desires. So no self-control. Um, so the church is in trouble when the members of the church uh, the the Church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, as a universal group of people, not just the people in a building, uh, we're in trouble when the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ decides that we're going to do our own thing. Uh, we're going to, if we want to, if we want to sin and be involved in sin, then it's our life. We're not hurting anybody else. We're going to do it. That's the type of people Jude's talking about when he says um, that they followed their own sinful desires. And so, church, be aware of this. Christian, be aware that um, that when you give your life, or when Christ saves you, let me say it that way, when you're saved and you become a new creature, that you're not trying to push the envelope to see how far you can go in sin without without messing up, right? Your desire, since you have a new heart and you're a new creation, is to live in fellowship and relationship with God. and uh, And so... Uh, one of the ways we know whether or not we're walking in the will of God is we can look at our life and see: Are we living life our way? Are we doing it? Are we doing the things we want to do, regardless of what God's Word says, or re- regardless of what the Holy Spirit convicts us of? And if that's the case, then what Jude is doing, right? He's he's preaching judgment and repentance. And if we see these things in our own life, if we would just repent of those things. Then, then God's ready to bring us into, again, close to him, into his bosom, that we might walk in his will and his way. And that's what Jude's really saying. And so when we hear messages like that of John the Baptist, or Enoch in, in the Old Testament, or Elijah, or Elisha, this message that repent, and, and God's going to bless you, but if you continue to walk in your ungodliness, then there's going to be consequences of that. And so God sends people like Jude and Enoch and Elijah and Elisha and you know, to, to open our eyes, to wake us up to our need to live a life that's pleasing to God. And so this is what Jude is saying. Uh, again, uh, loudmouth boasters, right? To, to boast in ourselves. The Apostle Paul says, uh, right, that uh, God put a thorn in his flesh, that he asked three times for God to take away. From him but God didn't take it away right why so that he would not boast in himself um, the Apostle Paul talks about salvation in the sense of there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. that it's all the work of God and so if it's the work of God we can't boast in our own salvation because it's God who saves and so uh, we, we've got to be careful not to have a prideful attitude within the church as church members, as church leaders, as pastors and teachers and, and lay men and women, then we have to make sure we have a humble mind and a humble spirit. Philippians 2 says, have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And, it, and then it describes the humility of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're not to be loudmouth boasters. And, and then finally, we're not to show favoritism to gain advantage. So it it is, um, it will tear a church apart for leaders or teachers or pastors to show favoritism uh, to others in order to gain something uh, selfishly, uh, in order to promote themselves personally and individually over what the work of God is. And so we have to be really careful that we don't show favoritism within the church, that we love everybody the same, that we understand we're all created in the image of God and and God desires not only to have a relationship with all of us, but he desires that we're walking and growing in our relationship with him. And the church is to be um, a foundation on which believers can grow in Christ. And so we can't be shown favoritism in order to gain some kind of advantage for ourselves. And so you list these. These are things that God's going to judge, this, the ungodliness of, of ungodly people who are in the church. And so, again, grumblers, malcontents, uh, those who have no self-control and follow their own sinful desires, loudmouth boasters, uh, as well as those who would show favoritism in the church uh, to gain an advantage over something. Now, listen, there's some people in, in, I mean, we come to church week after week, and there are some people that we just naturally are drawn to. Uh, We enjoy doing the same things. Uh, We enjoy going to the same places. Um, And so uh, this doesn't mean that you can't have close friends in the church. Uh, You can certainly have uh, those in the church that you're closer to as far as uh, our families go do these things together. You can do that without showing favoritism in the church because the favoritism that Jude is referring to is so that you gain something personally. It's for personal gain. And so the favoritism, so you can have good friends, you can have best friends within the church that you spend time with outside of church and that you do things with outside of church. And that's not showing favoritism for personal gain. That's just the fact that church is community, and within communities and within families, um, there are those who are drawn to one another, and closer to one another, and absolutely we want families getting together outside the church. And so, if two families, or three families, just really have a strong connection, um, and they they as families they get together and eat and things like that, that that's not what Jude's talking about. Uh, so so Jude's not saying you have to spend equal time with every member within the church that you go. What what Jude is saying is. You can't pick out a family, show favoritism to them because of a personal gain you might receive. And so we're always looking out for the other person. Within the church of God, we're always putting the other person ahead of ourselves, loving others as we would ourselves, as Christ commanded us. Now, in 17 through 23, Jude shifts a little bit, and it's this call of um, perseverance where Jude is saying, listen, hang in there. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Uh, Now think of the message that we've heard from now. Jude has said, church, watch out because people will come in without you being aware of it, and they'll pervert the message. They, They will teach a false message, so always be aware of that. Then he said, hey, be aware of your own sinfulness and your own ungodliness, and make sure because just like Enoch preached in his day, judgment to those who don't repent, then there's judgment coming to those who don't repent of their sins, who don't turn to God. And so make sure that you're not a grumbler, complainer, malcontent, uh, um, following your own sinful passions and, and lusts, uh, not deceitfully using other people and showing favoritism in order to gain something personally. And now, after warning us of these things, Jude goes into the next section where he really is causing us to, uh, or saying to us, hang in there, persevere, don't throw the towel in. He says in verse 17, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passion. So those who scoff at the Lord, right? There's going to be those who say things to us like, oh, the church has been saying for 2,000 years that Christ is coming back. That's true. For 2,000 years, we've been waiting. We've been watching. There's nothing stopping him from coming today, although it may be 10,000 years from today, right? So Jesus told us the only one who knows about the return of the son is the father. Even the son doesn't know uh, that day and that hour. He's given us things like, he, he said, be aware of the times and the seasons. Look around because you're going to see birth pains, right? You're going to see wars and famines and pestilence and, and all these things. That doesn't mean the time has yet come. That, those are labor pains, meaning that the, the start has taken place. Now, we look all the way back at the first church, and they're being martyred, they're being killed. Uh, the temple's being destroyed in Jerusalem. There's wars being fought. Um, And and so there's never been a time, uh, really, there's been short periods of time where the world wasn't in upheaval and and there wasn't any wars taking place. But there have been wars since since the time of Christ, before the time of Christ. Uh, There have been empires that have fallen. There have been diseases and pestilence and famines and uh, pandemics throughout history. All those things remind us, hey, the earth is in labor pains, anticipating the return of Christ when he makes all things new. So be prepared, be on guard, keep a lookout. But there'll be people who say to us, uh, they'll scoff at the notion uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back or uh, that, that God cares about us personally. And so Jude says, just remember that in the end times, in the last times, then we're going to see scoffers uh, increase. We're going to see more and more people um, that will think that those who trust in Jesus Christ, those who believe uh, in Christianity's doctrines, um, they're going to treat us as though we are, we are ignorant that that we need some kind of crutch just to get through each day. And so we only trust Jesus because we just need it to get through the day. Um, and so be aware that there are people that will mock Christ, that are scoffers of Christ in the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, this is evident in our day. Uh, it, it's been evident since the time uh, of the apostles and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 19 says... Um, it is these who cause divisions. And so, Jude, in his uh, warning, in his letter that warns the church to be aware, warns us be careful. There are, there are going to be those who are scoffers. There are going to be those come, who come into the church unnoticed who are going to spread a message of division. And so, be careful because they are those people who would love to cause division in the church. And I think that's evident even in today's churches. Um, that if we're not careful, if we're not steadfast, if we don't stay on guard, then it's real easy for Satan to begin to splinter the church, to cause divisions within a family uh, of God. And so we've got to always stay aware of that. Uh, uh, Jew continues and says, listen, watch, out. be aware there's worldly people, those who all their cares and all their concerns are on this present world and not the uh, the life to come, eternal life. Um, uh, he says those who are devoid of the Spirit. Listen, if you don't have the Holy Spirit living within you, then you're not saved. And so we're talking about worldly people. We're talking about people who want to cause division. They do not have the Holy Spirit of God living within them because they're not saved. And so they would love to not only uh, make fun or poke fun at religion and religious people, um, or people who trust in Christ may be a better way to say that. Um, be aware of that and persevere. Uh, when others put you down because of your faith, when, when others question your faith, when others try to divide those in the faith, Judas is saying to us, you've got to persevere. Hang in there. Keep looking up. Um, don't allow the things of this world and the people of this world um, to pull you down and to pull you into a, a place of despair. Um, verse 20, this is when he kind of shifts. He says, but you be loved. So um, in 17, 18, and 19, he lists things that we need to be aware of, that we need to persevere um, in. And now in verse 20, he, he begins to, to encourage. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit build yourselves up that that's that's an admonition from Jude to the church that we're to build one another up the, the body's called to be edified so we come together and when we worship together it edifies the body it glorifies God and it edifies the church and so as we come in worship we understand that when you worship God in God's house then you are encouraging other believers because when other believers see you worship it encourages their spirit. It edifies the body. And so even the very act of worshiping God is beneficial to our other church members. They see that and it just builds them up and it pulls them out of despair sometimes just to see other Christians worship God. And so build yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. 21, keep yourselves in the love of God Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So, so how do we persevere and how do we build one another up? How do we build ourselves up? Uh, Jude says, this is how you do it. Um, you keep yourselves in the love of God. So you live in the knowledge of the love that Jesus Christ both has for you and the love that he's given you to love others. So what the church needs to do is to love continually. Uh, to love unconditionally. And uh, and then it says, and to wait on the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're just waiting, right? Because we serve a God who's merciful. And so wherever we find ourselves today, whatever it is you find yourself going through, know that know that the Lord is a merciful God. And we're just waiting on the mercies of the Lord and waiting on the mercies of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, because these things lead to eternal life. And so there may be people who scoff at you and your faith, and there may be people who will mock you and your faith, but you hang in there, keep looking up, build yourself up, waiting on the mercies of the Lord Jesus Christ that lead to eternal life. Keep your head up, keep looking up. Uh, God hasn't abandoned you, He's there with you, He'll never leave, forsake you, and nothing will ever separate you from His love. Uh, Twenty-two says, "And have mercy on those who doubt." And we're going to come into contact with with those who are unsure of their faith, who have lost. That um, uh, they're just they're in a bad place, and uh, and they're struggling with their faith. And Jude says to us that when we see that take place, have mercy on on those who doubt. Um, they're going to be those who maybe find themselves in unbelief. they they've never come to Christ. And that they have doubts. Be merciful to those uh, people. As God's been merciful to you. And uh, and maybe through the mercy they see in your life. The Holy Spirit convicting their heart. Would draw them unto salvation. So let's be people who are merciful. And so those who scoff and mock. Are those who do not show mercy. And as the church of Jesus Christ. Those who doubt we do show mercy to. And so as Christians. Though we may not be shown mercy from the world, we, uh, we're commanded to show mercy toward the world in our own life. So have mercy on those who doubt. 23, save others by snatching them out of the fire to show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And so here Judah saying, um, take off the flesh, right? Cast off the flesh. And all the desires that come with it. Don't even entertain giving the flesh uh, a a grip in your life or a foothold in your life. That we've got to remember that we're not citizens of this place. We're citizens of heaven. Uh, That we're here for a while. uh, But eternity in the presence of God is what we're working toward. And we need to remember that even in the difficulties of this life. That the grace that waits us, the mercy that 's waiting upon us, the glory that 's waiting to be uh, for us to be in the midst of those things far outweigh uh, the troubles in this life and in this world, so save others by uh, listen, never give up on on someone someone in your family, a friend that you have, a, a loved one who you 've been sharing the gospel with. It just doesn't seem to be taken. There are times when we want to give up on on people. Don't give up, um, e- even to that last moment before they take their last breath. We're striving to be gospel influences in their life uh, because God can save anyone. And so we we stay we were steadfast. Um, we stay on the right path. We are constantly loving and showing mercy to those people. In hopes that we can save them from literally hellfire here, snatching them out of the fire um, and showing mercy with fear. The doxology of Jude is probably one of the most beautiful doxologies in the New Testament, and so it's it's actually this prayer, and we pray this prayer sometimes. You, it, maybe even unknowingly, you've prayed this prayer um, as a group, as as a church together, being led. Um, But it just says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now, and forever. Amen. And so I just, uh, I would close. If I was... um, If I was just going to give you an outline, something you could remember, something you could jot down here in the book of of Jude that kind of lays out uh, what Christians need to do and what Christians need to be aware of, what Jude's saying. I would start by saying, Jude is saying to the church, be alert. Watch out for those who cause division. Watch out for worldly people. Watch out for those who do not have the Holy Spirit. Secondly, be active. Um, build yourselves up, praying in the Holy Spirit, staying in the love of God, waiting on the mercy of God, and finally, be ambassadors, Um, showing mercy to those who doubt, snatching them from eternal destruction, and showing mercy to others in the fear of God. Um, Jude's writing to warn the church. Watch out for false teaching. Watch out for false lifestyles. We see this in the Old Testament in the example of the Exodus where the people cross the Red Sea or in the wilderness, grumble, complain, malcontents, and rather than entering into the promised land that God had waiting for them, they found themselves wandering in the wilderness 40 years. Jude um, talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. And how their ungodliness and wickedness, that, uh, it, that God poured his judgment out on their wickedness. Um, he talks about angels who left their abode and how they're still in punishment. And so Jude uses these examples to say, look look to the past and you see that God has judged those who are living in, in ungodliness and unrighteousness. Um, whether it be the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, whether it be the angels who left their abode, um, He has sent those like Enoch to preach repentance and judgment and said, so heed that teaching, heed that preaching. Um, repent, right? So if, if you know tonight that you're living in sin, that you have drifted away from God, you are far from God tonight, then just repent and confess your sins to God. He's faithful to forgive you. He's waiting with open arms. Repentance means I'm turning away from sin and turning toward God. And if you turn away from your sins and you turn to God tonight, God's waiting, God's merciful, God's loving, God's forgiving. And so Jude tells us that as Christians, uh, be alert, be active, and be ambassadors. Be God's ambassadors to the world around us. And as they see God in us, we pray that the Holy Spirit would convict their hearts and minds and draw them to himself. Love the book of Jude. Um, A quick study. But I pray that that God speaks to your heart through his word. Look forward to seeing you Sunday night, Sunday morning. If you don't have a church, uh, you come visit us. We'd love to have you. If you do, we pray that God would bless your services, that that you would be edified as he's glorified when the body comes together in worship. Pray that you have a great rest of your week and a wonderful weekend. Hope to see you soon.